No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 86 where David prays that God will be merciful to him. The proud have risen against him, but God will be gracious and give him strength. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. We come now to a psalm of David. It is the only psalm attributed to David in the third book of Psalms, containing Psalms 73 through 89. For me, this is a breath of fresh air, for David truly was the sweet psalmist of Israel. I love the depth and honesty of his psalms, which reveal that indeed he was a man after God's own heart. Now, we are not told the occasion in which David wrote this, so it could apply to any situation in which we need God's help. Psalm 86. Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. So David asks the Lord to lower his ear to him as a father might lower his ear in a noisy room to hear the whisper of his child. David knew his condition. He had been a warrior, but now he was poor and needy. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. It is this humility that draws the heart of God. David knew he could cry out to God because he had been holy. Now, this does not mean he was sinless, but David knew that his life had been dedicated to God, and to the best of his ability, he sought to walk with God. David says, save your servant who trusts in you. He knew that he was the Lord's servant. A master will make sure that his servant has all that he needs to do his job. And God had a vested interest in David's success. So David looked to the Lord for his help and nowhere else. He says, be merciful to me. When we come to God, not telling him how righteous or worthy we are, but pleading for his mercy, we can be assured that he will hear our prayer. David was in such a desperate condition that he cried out to God throughout the day. Likewise, we are told to pray without ceasing. David prays that the Lord would rejoice his soul. I love this. Jesus said, these things I have told you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The Lord wants us to have fullness of joy. And when we are overflowing with that joy, it glorifies him. David says, to you, I lift up my soul. You know, a heavy heart can be hard to lift to God, but if we will do it, then he will lighten it and renew our hope. 
David says, you are good and ready to forgive. He knew the character of God. Do you? David knew that God was essentially good. If a good man knows how to forgive those who have wronged him, then how much more will God forgive those who confess their sins and turn from them? He is always ready to forgive us when we come to him as penitent sinners. Finally, David knew that the Lord was full of abundant and overflowing mercy to all who call upon him. Verse 6, Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. David asks God now to hear his prayer. We have been given the free access of a child to go to his or her father. As God's dearly loved children, we know that if we ask for anything according to his will, that he hears us. And we have what we've asked for blessed assurance in prayer. David says, in the day of trouble, I will call upon you. There is nothing wrong with calling out to God in the day of trouble. We must never feel that we are bothering him or that he has too many other things to do. If my children were playing outside and they got hurt, I didn't want them going to the dad down the street. I wanted them to come running to me. David knew whom to cry to when he was in trouble. And he also knew that the Lord would answer him, as he had done so many times before. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. There is no God like you. Now, David lived at a time when many of the nations worshipped other gods or idols. But these gods were vanity. They were not real. They could do nothing. And so David says, there's no other God like you. But you alone are God. You alone are the living one. And there are no works like yours. Think about the works that God did. He delivered his people from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He brought down the bread of heaven, manna, and fed the people in the wilderness. He brought forth the water from the rock. He did so many things before them, all of the plagues of Egypt. And yet, what God had done, any works like that. And so, David says, all nations shall worship you. That's going to happen in the millennial kingdom when the Lord establishes his throne in Jerusalem and all of the nations will worship him. Right now, that's not happening. Different nations worship whatever gods they choose to worship. Many don't choose to worship any god. But the time will come when all the nations will worship him. And what a beautiful, wonderful day that will be when all of the nations together in unity are worshiping the Lord. He's deserving. He's the only one that created this place. The cosmos didn't create itself, but God designed it, executed it. He is worthy of our worship. As David says, you alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. 
I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. David says, teach me your way. He knew that the Lord's way was always good. It was the way of victory, and he wanted to follow the Lord's way, not his own way. Now, that's the thing. We can learn the ways of the Lord, and that's good, but we must then walk in them. And that's what David said here. I will walk in your truth. It's not enough just to have the knowledge. You've got to do it. Then he says, unite my heart to fear your name. I love this because it is an acknowledgement of the fact that we all have a divided heart, right? There's part of us that wants to serve the Lord and do his will. There's another part of it that just wants to do its own thing, right? And so the flesh and the spirit contend with each other. David says, Lord, unite my heart. Let every part of my heart be in alignment with doing your will, with following your ways. And I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. If a heart is united completely to serve the Lord, to worship him, there is no end to what that soul can do. Because it is undivided. It's not double-minded and so forth, unstable, but focused in the direction of loving, pleasing, serving God. And that's what David says. Look, Lord, unite my heart to be that kind of person of integrity. Great is your mercy toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. David was in the pit again. He'd been in the pit many times, but he had seen God Deliver his soul from the depths of Sheol. That is the grave. There were times when David thought, this is it. I'm going to be killed now. Uh, That happened the time that the Amalekites raided the city of Ziklag where David and his men lived. And they took all of the women and children and all of their goods. And David's men spoke of killing him. He had no place else to go. He felt that he was in the depths of Sheol, of the grave. And yet the Lord delivered him. And so once again, he just cried out, Lord, deliver me as you have done. Oh God, the proud have risen against me and a mob of violent men have sought my life and have not set you before them. Though the Lord had been merciful to him in times past, now it seemed that all of these proud people who had risen against him, a violent mob, were overwhelming to him. And so he, he cries out, to the Lord. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. It is as though David were in the cleft of the rock with Moses, the time when Moses said, Show me your glory, God, and that will be enough. And God said, Look, you can't see my face, Moses, because nobody can see my face and live, but I will hide you in the cleft of the rock and I will let my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim my name and you can see my backside. Well, as the Lord did that, he proclaimed his name in Exodus 34, 6. He said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands 
forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. I love that because that is what the Lord said about himself. He could have said anything about himself, and that is how he proclaimed his name. And this is what David clings on to. And can we hear this description of the Lord too much? I know I can't. I love to hear how long-suffering, abundant in mercy, compassionate and gracious that he is. Oh, turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maid servant. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So give your strength to your servant. David knew that if the Lord strengthened him, then he could do anything. He said, save the son of your maid servant. Now, a son that was born to a servant would belong to the master. And so David is saying, look, my mom was your maidservant, and therefore I am also one who was born in your house and belongs to you. So save me. You have a vested interest to save me because I'm your servant. I was born that way, you see. Show me a sign for good. Make it clear so that those who hate me may be ashamed that they hated me when they see your good favor upon me because you have helped me and comforted me. Is this not a love song? You see, it expresses David's love for the Lord. No wonder the Lord delivered David time and time again. And if you love God and call upon him in the day of trouble, then he will answer you too. I guarantee it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we look at Psalms 87 and 88. The first psalm celebrates the glories of Jerusalem. The second is a prayer from an afflicted, abandoned, and despondent soul. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.